1: Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hidware USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But of course, before we get to them, we got to give you an awesome ad video. Uh, So write your eye holes right now.
2: Get ready for excitement, opportunity, and of course, a little promo fun. The PPI Expo is where the industry goes to build connections and discover insights for a successful year in promo. Exhibits open January 16th through 18th and the PPAI conference will take place January 15th.
1: And not only how good is that video, but honestly, it's just around the corner and I feel like we're going to blink and it's going to be here.
3: Jeff, was that the back of your head in one of those clips?
1: I uh, don't think so. Look like I'd have to go back neck. and look at it. No, I don't I don't I don't <laughs> think. I mean it's possible, I don't know. How are you, Meg? Good.
3: I'm doing well. I don't know if you heard or not. Um, I just sent out the press release yesterday so it should hit the news today, but I guess I'll get to spill the beans. Um, we just um are maybe the farm. We just wrapped up and and finalized um, our donations for Promo Care's Water for Good. And guess what it totaled out at? You want us to guess? Yeah, I guess guess. Okay.
1: 153 million doll- doll- dollars. Those. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. The $1,100. Grand,
3: the grand total that we raised to build Aqua Towers was a hundred and fifty thousand dollars sorry a hundred and fifty thousand eight hundred and thirty six thousand dollars I know and then on top of that last night another twenty five thousand dollar donation came in from hit boom mic drop that's insane the amount of good that we're gonna be able to do is just so amazing so thank you CJ Yes. Thank you, CJ. And um, we just today, you see I'm wearing this shirt because we just deployed our first set of volunteers to go down to Mexico and build said Aqua Towers. So they're going to be there all week putting up um, Aqua Towers. And then we have um, three more going into a new cluster by the TulTex facility with a three year commitment over the next um, uh, next three years. We're doing one a year. So really big news and super excited about that. So. So, Yeah stay tuned, follow the promo cares, social media feeds they are going to do like, you know, live posting and all that good stuff. So that's all. just wanted to share that. I'm really excited and really proud of my team.
2: Very, Very cool. cool. Steven, yeah. how are you? Great. You know, the, the, <laughs> the Nuggets won last night in the in season tournament, which for those of you that haven't checked that out in the NBA, it's pretty neat. I think that was a great marketing idea. Um, and then as Jeremy mentioned, uh, celebrating the the win over the Bills um on Monday. So you know, gotta gotta root for something. It's been a been an ugly season so far. So and I wanted fancy football. I'm assuming since you guys had mentioned it, booty I, it. Did Booty Sweat have their first loss?
3: No, but guess who's in first place? <laughs> This girl just beat out Jeff Pickens because he lost last night terribly. So Oh
2: my goodness.
3: So yeah. So I'm kicking butt.
2: In, in that in what, league. And what
1: league?
3: In your league. That's I'm not Jeff league. Pickens. It's not Jeff Pickens? It's not. Oh, I thought it was.
1: No. <laughs>
3: Whoever
1: that is. Right. Him down. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing all right, thank you. I appreciate uh, the the ask, Stephen. Uh, but getting ready to take my wife on a nice trip for her for her uh, special uh, birthday. We'll just we'll leave it at that one. And uh, we're joined today by a special guest. All right, we're joined today by Brett from Edwards Garments, and uh, super excited to have you on. And we are going to continue our uh, sort of product category slash industry uh, session um and this one is about how to sell uniform programs but of course before we launch into that bread it is customary for us to give our special guest a good three to four minutes to introduce yourself maybe how you got started in the promotional products industry and what you've been up to since so uh why don't you take it away
0: thank you guys i appreciate the invite this is uh already the intro alone was a lot of fun just chatting with you guys before the show started was a lot of fun too my name is Brett. I have been in this industry since 2008. One of my first friends that I met was Meg. Um, I have been working in the apparel side of this business my entire promotional product slash uniform career. So since 2008, I've worked for both Vantage Apparel and now for the last 11 years, Edwards Garment. Um, I feel as if... I benefited from both, both organizations in the sense that I've been able to stay in the apparel side of the business, learn about, you know, what Vantage had to offer, which was being at the time, the largest supplier of decorated apparel. I learned what it was to be like an expert in decoration and then segueing over to Edwards Garment for the last 11 years, not really knowing what the uniform market was until I started and realizing that there is a whole segment of business. There's a whole segment of customers, of opportunities that were out there that are out there. And I consider myself to be a uniform expert. I'm the VP of sales. Um, I work with a great crew of people, some of the most, well, really all of the, the most professional people I have ever worked with in any organization that I worked for throughout my entire professional career. And what we do is you know, we outfit American workers every single day. Since 1867, right after the Civil War, we've been outfitting American workers with really great products. And we have been family owned since 1867. The genesis of the story, if I can even tell it, <clears throat> would be there was a family that, that immigrated from Eastern Europe and landed somehow in Kalamazoo, Michigan and at this time you know they're they're rubbing elbows with the likes of Levi Strauss and the collaborations that they must have had well at the, at some point that family's biggest distribution model was the Woolworth family
3: oh so you,
0: you talk about like real american history there wasn't a street in a, any main street in america that didn't have a woolworths well edwards was the largest distributor was the largest supplier of workwear work pants Uh, until 1972 when our company was acquired by Vanity Fair, VF Imageware) at the time. They had the company because they wanted the distribution model. They wanted the access to the Woolworth family so that they could move more of their own products. But it was uh, a little bit overwhelming for them. And one year later, they sold the company back to Edwards Garment, which at that time was still known as the Kalamazoo Pant Company. VF said, you have 24 hours, we'll sell it to you. You have to come up with a name. And at the time, the owner of the company, who is our owner now, looked out the window and saw that the building was located on Edwards Street in downtown Kalamazoo. And since 1972, we've been called Edwards Garment Company. So Hmm. it's a great history. It's a great company. It it's, you know, we make selling workwear sexy. That's what I like to say. (laughs) Over the years, and I'll I'll finish my intro with this, over the years, we've been fortunate enough to grow and we've grown under the radar and we're okay with that. We are still private, family owned. And in 2019, we made an acquisition for Bishop Apparel, which at the time uh, and still is in my opinion, the premier custom apparel company. So we are now one big company where we're able to outfit everyday American workers with standard, uh, uniform type product that you find in our catalog. And then very robust, very high fashion, high, highly developed, nicely designed custom apparel mm-hmm. through Bishop apparel now known as Edwards X. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about this company
1: it's so interesting how some of these companies like get their get their names and sort of the the, those stories like looking out the window and seeing you're on edward street and and making the name of the company edwards garments like so cool i wonder how uh, that's that's a question we need to start asking like people that know that story like when we're on this podcast we need to be like so do you have any idea where the name of your company came from because it's
0: a great question to ask i mean if we were on sassafras street or (laughs) tulip avenue this could have been a whole different intro Oh, yeah. Do you know
3: what the SNS stands for? (laughs) Two guys named Steve and Steve. (laughs)
0: Uh
3: Ah, all right. I swear I wish it was a better story.
0: That's a pretty good story. There's a lot (laughs) of companies
2: that have acronyms for the names of the founders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: Well, Brett, you actually left out a pretty important detail about yourself. You're kind of famous.
0: Well, I'm famous <laughs> for playing guitar and that's yes. I think that's what you're alluding to. So in the industry, there's a handful of us who are musicians. I am not by any in any means the best of, of this little crew, this clique, but um, you know, Michael Karpis, who I work with, is is a phenomenal uh, guitar player the best guitar player I've ever played with but two people who really impressed me a lot are Matt Wagner and Dave Schultz oh, Dressed yeah. great great musicians multi-instrumentalists very talented and very talented I, I I respect what they do and how they're able to do it
3: well I'm sure they respect you I do I'm I think that one of the first times I ever heard you play you had like a little shindig up at your house in New Jersey like an Oktoberfest type thing and we came up and you just were jamming out in the backyard and I was like wow
0: yeah, that was wow. pretty cool. So Those were good days.
3: They were, they were the good old days. So yeah, so let's talk about you know how to sell a uniform program. Um, I don't dabble a lot with that as of now because we don't really have a lot of uniforms here at SNS. So I am going to be all ears, and I'm sure I'll have. It here, <coughs> but um, well, hold
1: on, let's 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 define a uniform program first I, because I, I think there's a lot of possible def, different definitions for what what we consider a uniform program in this industry. Um, So, Brett, do you want to dive into that and maybe add up some some definitions first or?
0: Sure. So to define the uniform program, a uniform program would need to define the history of the uniform market. Historically speaking, the uniform market. And again, if I have my history wrong, anyone who's listening that knows better than me, feel free. But I can tell you what I know. Uniform. Uh, programs stemmed out of the industrial laundry world. So you would have these very big uh, factories type settings where people would pick up laundry from from a fa- uh, company and wash it, clean it, and then re-deliver it. And this went on for years and years and years. And ALSCO, who's one of the biggest in the industry, in the industrial market, they're the oldest. They were the first ones to do this. And since then, you've had several others and several that are just monster sized like a Cintas Mm -hmm. or a Vestas. But it really stemmed from that where you would have individuals go into factory settings or corporate settings. And just imagine, you know, 150 years ago, some dude with a tape measure around his neck would walk into your great grandfather or great great grandfather's employment setting, measure them up and go back, have fabric cut and sew it and then re-deliver these products and then offer this type of cleaning service. This is what we would have called a managed uniform program, and that still exists today. Over time, over the next several years, you then had the Blue Goods stores. These were the people who had brick-and-mortar stores, like, and they would sell police uniforms and fire uniforms and rescue uniforms. And then sometime in the 70s, maybe in the late 60s, you had this mega, mega emergence of what's called uniform dealers, people who didn't need brick and mortars anymore, who had cut their teeth, so to speak, either working at an industrial laundry or in one of these blue good brick and mortar stores. And they said, you know what? I can do this on my own. I don't need a store. I don't need an office. I just need companies I need contacts I need to be able to provide a service and they then became a very large segment of the uniform market in my opinion they're probably equal in size to the industrial laundry if you added every uniform dealer up and added up every industrial laundry I would say these uniform dealers are probably equal to it, and they all compete with one another now the thing and I'll get into I'll, I'll define what a uniform program is, what they all do are managed uniform programs, which becomes an annuity. So a uniform program to almost all of my customers is an annuity. It's once you land this business, this program, you are going to manage it for them. There's someone at this end user organization who was tasked with being the person responsible for uniforms for the entire staff. So they're more than happy to work with any uniform expert whether it's an industrial laundry, whether it's a uniform dealer, whether it's a brick and mortar blue goods store. And now as we see this revolution occurring, and I don't want to make diminutive of the folks who've, in promo who've been doing this, but I would say in the last 10 years, I've seen a huge growth of promotional products distributors who are very, very good now at doing these managed uniform programs. Now, a uniform program, in my opinion, there's only two types that you can have. And, and I'm open to anyone who wants to challenge me on it. But they are laundry rental programs where a company like a Cintas or an Osco or a Vestas is picking up on a Tuesday, dropping off on a Friday. And they continue that cycle and they manage that program along with other value add things that they provide. The other uniform program is a direct sale, kind of like what Meg's customers primarily will do. They're buying, and mine, mine as well. They will buy product, they will hand it out to their employees and the employees are required for the care and wear of it. And when they need new stuff, they're going to reach out to someone who can broker that deal and call someone like Meg or me and have this constant reorder going. So there's really those <laughs> two types of uniform programs. A laundry rental or a direct sale employee wash and wear? I
1: was going to say, I think, you know, it's, it'd be interesting to see what those numbers are, because <clears throat> I feel like the direct sale is, is a lot more common nowadays than the, uh, the, the industry, uh, industrial laundry uh, type of sale is. Yeah. I've had two jobs in the past, you know, just sort of straight out of college uh, where they used you know, somebody like a Centos, you know, for the industrial laundry, one was an auto mechanic working in a, gr- a garage. Mm-hmm. You know, so of course that makes sense. Cause you're not wanting to throw that stuff in your, in your laundry at home. Uh, you know, oil, grease, all that good stuff. And then the other one was, uh, Scott's lawn service. Again, you're working with herbicide and pesticide and stuff like that. Maybe you don't want that mixing mm-hmm. in the rest of your clothes. Um, but every other, like type of position or anything like that that I've ever been in or, or any other uniform program that I've seen has always been that sort of direct sale where, you know, you're ordering 50,000 hats or, you know, 50,000 t-shirts or something like that. And they'll give two or three out to every employee. Uh, and then in six months they do it again and they repeat rewash that sort of thing. So, um, I would really be interested to see what those numbers look like nowadays.
0: I could probably tell you a little bit about it. There was a shift over, like I said, the last 10 years where, you know, 70% of an industrial laundry's business was typically done doing industrial laundry. And then their other value-add services might've been providing hand towels or floor mats, document destruction, just what if safety equipment, first aid equipment, and then a shift occurred. Promo people started doing uniform programs and more and more of the industrial laundry business started becoming direct sales, where even their sales reps, their route drivers, as you know, and Meg's Meg's family was in the biz as well. Their route drivers were not just out selling these industrial laundry rental programs. They were now selling direct sales programs either out of their own catalog or out of Meg's catalog or the Broder book or the Edwards book or the Mm Sandmar book. And it was really, in my opinion, because of this emerging market called promo promo took a huge chunk and we're able you know because of their value add when a promotional products distributor walks into a, a an organization they could easily complement what Sintas or Vestis or Osco or any one of the big players does and yeah they do a really good job but let me tell you what I do really well I can sell you direct sale uniforms I can also provide you with print services I can also provide you with promotional product services food promotions and enterprise level software. And all of a sudden, end users were heads were blown. Wow, you can do all this stuff and it's completely different than what these guys are doing for me. I kind of sort of like your value proposition. I want to start working with you. So over the years, I would say that there's a lot of industrial companies who went from 70% probably down to around 50, 55%. And they're focused on selling their value add, which also includes direct sales. If they cannot sell an industrial laundry program, they will gladly open the SNS book and say, what is it that you need? How can I help you? And I would say, just to go back, the promo side for Edwards, and I don't want to, you know, I can't really air too much dirty laundry. But if I said that promo for Edwards has grown from, let's say, 15% to now 35% of our business. It's because the promo industry has become extremely aware of the opportunities that lie and the annuity opportunities that lie within the uniform market.
2: Hey, Scott, I'm I'm curious to know, um, you know, when I think of uh, uniform laundry programs. My mind in, in immediately goes to more blank goods as opposed to branded goods. Um, is there? Have you seen a big shift in maybe your sales, especially since you you all have merged uh, or, or you know, acquired Bishop? You know, having more of those promotional sales options and custom uniform programs. Have you seen uh, a shift from more blank to more branded? Is blanks, is there, is there still a big market in the blanks
0: or are you seeing more and more of what you all are doing as branded? Because of the influence promotional products distributors have, they sell decoration very well. Historically speaking, the vertical markets that that carry or drive the bulk share of our business would historically buy blank product because the product is the image the image is the brand it's not the left chest decoration it was the chef who wears chef attire so people could easily identify who the food service people were at an end user location it was the housekeeper who would wear a housekeeping uniform and have a badge on it rarely do you see those decorated and you still probably don't but it showed the image and i know that if i need something done in a hotel and it involves uh, any type of of special service, cleaning service, those are the people. Security uniforms, rarely do you ever find them. You'll have patches sewn on, but when you look at a security guard, that is a security guard. You know exactly who they are. So in a lot of cases, the image is the brand. However, the largest apparel program that we have at Edwards is 100% custom, and it's all branded.
2: So go figure. (laughs)
0: Right. Right.
2: So I'm you assuming go. you've seen a, a pretty big swing since since that uh, acquisition, I'm assuming. And it's more of, I guess, diversity of, of offerings, right? Kind It's of diversity
0: of more. offerings. And I will say this, and I'm not, you know, one to kind of glaze over the, the, the topic. When COVID hit, a lot of promotional products distributors were event-driven and a lot of events were canceled. So to stay busy and to... De- profitable they had to pivot some people pivoted well selling you know medical supplies and things like that but a lot of promo people pivoted in becoming uniform people and they understood that hey look these events aren't occurring they may not occur for a while what can i do to bring in some revenue let me go after uniform business And with that came, you know, extra touches like decoration or special packaging, all the things that promo does very well that historically the uniform market may not have needed, not have wanted or never really been been asked. The promo people were really good at asking end users, what else can I do for you? What else? What else can I provide you? So um, that's the shift. It, It was just timing. It was really timing. But bishop edwards x exposed us to a lot of pro- promotional products distributors that had custom driven end users people who were really really open to exploring i want something that looks like spider or i want something that looks like lululemon or bcbg and that has helped us a lot as well
2: it seems like so, there's a I'm sorry i don't mean to dominate it jeff <laughs> Go ahead. um i should say it seems like there's a a cultural modernization in what uniforms are as well, too, that, you know, it's like, you know, it used to be uniform being, you know, everyone looks the same, right? You know, like you said, very self-identifiable. And now it's, it's, it is more heavy branded, at least in some of the, the more modern companies and newer companies. Um, so that's, it's interesting to see, to see that they both still exist, you know, yeah, it's they, still, do. they yeah, absolutely
0: it's, do. And there's a reason yeah. why, So uh, a person who wants to get involved in the uniform market can do very well as a direct seller, a uniform dealer or a uniform distributor, whatever you want to call yourself and sell traditional uniforms that require no branding. The fabric hasn't changed in a gazillion years and people who work at this place are going to wear it or, you know, they won't be there after three weeks and, you know, someone else new will come and that dealer will sell someone else new. So it doesn't really... You know, affect that. But then you have an emerging market of young people now who are starting to work who may never have worn a suit before, or they never had to wear a dress shirt before, or they enjoy knowing that there's some type of cause or cause marketing or sustainable component built behind what they wear. So they're motivated more not just to show up to work, but they're motivated more to wear what they have to wear and not gripe about it because they like what they're wearing. It means something to them. And I feel good knowing that we're able to provide both. both we could yeah. do both. So I,
1: I know that we talked about during COVID, since you brought that up, like it, there was a, a shift in sort of what people are, are sort of wanting to wear their preferences. They, you know, <clears throat> everybody got comfortable working at home and wearing sweats. So, you know, now a lot of more professional attire is a little bit more uh, casual or comfy driven versus, you know, uh, the, the, functionality of it, I guess you would say, or more the look or fashion of it. Are you seeing that in the uniform programs now as well, or not so much just because it's a little more, you know, driven to, to certain looks?
0: Absolutely. So as an example, someone called me a while ago about, Hey, I have a cement company. There's 600 drivers driving cement trucks. Oh, by the way, it's split between men and women. Oh, by the way, these are young people. And they all want to wear something like Lululemon, but they don't want to pay for it. And they're not going to wear a traditional Carhartt or Dickies or Edwards polycotton work pant. What else do you have? <laughs> and at that time, we were developing it. The really good thing about Edwards is they're very good about introducing fat. They're really good about keeping fabrics in the line for many, many years. But they're also very intuitive about, hey, what does the market want? What do people want? What is their voice? What are they saying? Okay, let's create these types of pieces modeled in the image of these very recognizable retail brands, because it's a younger audience. This is what they want. Oh, and by the way, they're not going to pay $118 like they would for, you know, a a retail type pant. And it has to be durable. And there has to be some sustainable component built into it. Well, Edwards is good. They listen and they created a series of products in our line that would meet the needs of these young people. So we're doing that. And, you know, all the time I am getting customers, distributors or uniform dealers, industrial laundry, online retailers. Um, Those are really the channels that we sell through, by the way. There aren't many, but Mm They're all asking me what's going to be new, what's new, what, and then stretch. Everything has to have stretch built into it. So we're building these products. We're beta testing them. We're doing wear tests with our best customers, with their best customers, so that we can get this information back and start building it into the grand scheme of what we produce and what we sell.
3: So it looks like we hit on the trends and people are asking for sustainable and stretch and what's new. Is there anything that for uniform sales? Because I want to really touch on like how to how to really finalize that sale for the distributor. But what kind of after sales support would you say is crucial for maintaining a successful uniform program?
0: To do this right, you have to be patient. There's not a lot of instant gratification. So there's a lot of laying the groundwork in the uniform market you're not you're very rarely going to get hey Brett, i need e-proof by wednesday must ship by friday and hands by tuesday that that doesn't exist a lot in our world what exists is people who have a vision i want to be the automotive uniform person or i want to be the airlines person or i want to be the hospitality person so you have to know what market you really want to go into and Time management is big, so you have to be able to dedicate enough time to do the outbound that you will require to get the inbound back so you can start selling. Then what you want to do is become an expert on the product, and you want to be as knowledgeable as you possibly can, so you sound articulate, so you sound savvy when you're dealing with these customers in whatever vertical market it is that you want to be in. Then you land the program, okay? So you land the program because you've done the legwork, you've sent out the virtual decks, you've sent out the free samples, you've followed up within a timely manner, and you've shown up. This is not a job anymore, not in the last year that you can do a lot of it online or over the phone. You have to be willing to travel and go and see people and be present and show up. And there's something to be said about showing up Mm. Meg can tell you, I'm sure both both Steven and Jeff can tell anyone listening how hard it is to be a sales rep and go into an office where there used to be 20 people and now only four show up and you have to find those other 16 people in the neighborhood and go and meet with them. So there's a lot to be done. Then you as a uniform dealer or a uniform distributor have to do the metrics reports. If you do this, if you do the metrics reports, all of the follow-up, like having a business review, that's what I call a a metrics report, is Mm -hmm. you are going through how many men, how many women, how many return, what they pay in freight, how many return, like everything, what didn't fit, what, what are the voice of the people, of the employees saying, and you have to do this two or three times a year because one of your competitors will show up And steal that business from you because you were lackadaisical and didn't do the follow-up you didn't show up so the uniform dealers and the uniform distributors and the online retailers that i work with that show up every day and are on top of their business these people are writing millions of dollars their margin is better than anyone's that i know selling event-driven business not a knock against event-driven business there's a lot of that but I want to sell less and make more, and that's the mentality that my best uniform customers have.
3: Take my money, Brett.
2: I know we're uh, I know we're wrapping up on time here, Brett, but I, I would say yep. I've I've had an opportunity to speak with a lot of people that are much more successful than I am with bigger accounts and bigger clientels, and kind of talking to them just as as peers and mentors. And it seems to be there's a um, consistency across the board that their biggest projects are these big apparel programs, whether they are uh, uniforms or they're custom, you know, uniforming. Um, But, you know, I would, I would have to guess, it's hard to know, like, what the data is on specific programs, but of the top, you know, 100 orders in the industry in a year, it wouldn't surprise me more than half of them are huge apparel uniform style programs or custom apparel Pieces. I mean, I'm sure there's some outliers here and there, but yeah, it's big business. It's really big business, Uh, but it does require a lot of legwork, as you mentioned.
0: It it is the legwork, and once you get this annuity, it is an annuity. It's something that will repeat over and over and over, and it's extremely lucrative. It's not easy work. It's not sexy. It's just steady, and there's something to be said about an avenue or a channel within our industry that really is steady business. And that is the uniform market. You could look back to every national, I don't want to go too deep on this, but like, you look at like national crises, 2008, 2009, we had the housing crisis Edwards was not affected heavily by that because these eight or nine vertical markets were not affected by that. And you look at the tariff wars of 2018. Edwards was not heavily affected by that either because these vertical markets were not heavily affected by it. it did it suck that things yeah. cost more to get in? Yeah, but we got it in just probably like everyone else did. But these end user markets continued to buy at such heavy, heavy volume at extreme you know, pace. So it was very, very steady. You look at COVID where <clears throat> a lot of promotional products distributors lost a lot of event driven business, right? We were able to pick up so many new customers. And it, it, you know, for for us, for me, it becomes a little bit of an educational sell to the promo market, which is okay. Because like you did, you know, the old adage is it takes six or seven or eight touches for something to really stick. It's all right. That's that's good business. That's showing up. That is that means something to me that people want to learn. And then, you know, recently with with the logistics issues, you know, nobody knew of Edwards until they needed black polos or white dress. Dresses. <laughs> yeah. When every, every other apparel company was struggling mm. Ed, Edwards was in really, really good shape and we were able to open up new opportunities. So it's been, you know, challenging at times, but it has been an adventure and I've enjoyed every second of it.
3: Brett, where Very can anyone cool. if anyone wants to learn more about selling uniform or get in touch with you? What's the best way to, to reach you? LinkedIn or through your person or your work email? What's the best way to reach you?
0: LinkedIn is a fantastic way to reach out to me. Um, you would have to know my work email, which is bgarin <laughs> at edwardsgarment.com. You can always reach out to me through your local Edwards territory manager. I'm not hard to find and I'm usually pretty accessible no matter where I am in the country. So um, feel free to reach out. I'd be more than happy to help anyone. Yeah, but I got
1: one final question or I guess a comment from, from the audience and it was Jeremy and basically you wanted to know if, uh, if you guys work directly through any hotel chains or anything like that, I don't know that you necessarily work with the end user, but I'm sure you guys are doing some type of, uh, hotel, uh, apparel programs or uniform programs, right?
0: Yeah, every bit of business that we do is done through a distribution channel, whether it's through promotional products, distributors, industrial laundries, uniform dealers, or online retailers, people who have very robust websites. We do not sell direct. Um,
3: Jeremy, and- you can reach out to Steven. Steven's in the distributor channels that can purchase through Brett. So Stephen can definitely help you.
0: There you go. There you go. Thank you all so right. much. He,
3: this was great yeah. information, like really, really good information. Thank See
1: you guys for having
0: me. I appreciate the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, definitely appreciate yeah. sort of the backstory of the uniform and uh, market and industry and all that. So uh, definitely appreciate you coming on and and uh, giving us and sharing, sharing, I guess, some of your experience and some of that knowledge. So My pleasure. Uh, listen, guys, if you uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, it was brought to you by our good friends over at PPAI, and here's that ad one more time for you.
2: Get ready for excitement, opportunity, and of course, a little promo fun. The PPI Expo is where the industry goes to build connections and discover insights for a successful year in promo. Exhibits open January 16th through 18th, and the PPI Conference will take place January 15th.